Welcome to the CMS Real Deal podcast, where we take a step back from the legal nitty gritty and provide insight into issues affecting the property industry. I am Danny Drummond-Bressington, and today I'm joined by Claire Thomas. Hi, Danny. And Giles Barry of FTI Consulting. Hello, Danny. Welcome. Thanks, thanks for joining us today. So Claire and Giles are here today to talk about CMS's latest UK real estate report, Box Clever, Warehouses Unpacked, an in-depth review of the logistics market. So Claire, can I start with you? Why did you choose logistics this year? Well, we've been working with Giles and his team at FTI for five or six years now producing reports. And not only do we look at specific issues in the real estate sector, we also look at market trends. And one of the most striking trends that we've seen over the last few years is the rise in demand for logistics. And in fact, 74% of investors now say that logistics is their favoured asset class. So we actually just wanted to take a closer look and try and understand what was driving that increase in demand. Great. And so, Giles, what do you think is making logistics so hot at the moment? Oh, Danny, it's a seismic shift. You know, I, I in a former life, was a journalist um, until joining FTI five years ago. Um, sheds were just a really moribund, dull part of the property market. Nice people working in them, but uh, rents and yields just never, ever moved. Um, in the last five years, it's exploded into activity, all due to e-commerce. Um, all those parcels that arrive at people's offices or homes um, have to be stored in a warehouse somewhere or other, often on the edge of a city, and um, it's led to it being the, becoming the, the sexiest sector in property. I think e-commerce is really interesting because if you look at the e-commerce penetration rates, the UK actually has the highest rate in Europe, we're at about 19%. Most of the rest of Europe is down below 10 If you look at Italy, it's just 6%. Yet when you look at China, which has the highest rate of e-commerce penetration, that's 30%. So I think it's quite comforting that this sector still has room for meaningful growth. So we've got a long way to go. Do you think there, um, it was quite interesting in the report that we can't really describe them as sheds. I think you know, 10, 15 years ago we were talking about them as sheds. How have the logistics buildings changed in the past 10 years so that, we, that they're more than sheds now? Well, I think um, we carried out some of the interviews and I was really interested to meet Mike Hughes from Verdion who explained that uh, sheds is, is a highly inappropriate term these days, although still affectionately used by lots of people. Um, Verdion has um, some of the most advanced pharmaceutical companies um, working within their buildings and it takes uh, great technical expertise um, not only amongst their customers but also amongst the Verdion team um, to create these buildings. Um, you know, they have to be uh, clean um, and, and highly advanced. Um, you know, uh, at least as, as highly advanced as some of the most sophisticated office buildings. So that also has fed through to um, increasing uh, values, really. And I think that green and the, the clean point is a really good one because many of the retailers now see their green credentials as very important to their brand. So you've got Nike's huge warehouse distribution centre in Belgium and they actually just don't call it a warehouse apparently it's a state-of-the-art centralised distribution network and you know it has everything from a canal infrastructure system grass on the roofs sheep instead of lawnmowers so you know sustainability and the whole 
sort of drive just to be greener and more corporately responsible is also sort of driving this sector. And do you think that's going to be uh, become even more so? I mean, obviously, to have a, a centre like Nike's um, centre, you need a huge amount of space, and that's something that the UK does struggle with. But as logistics then faces the same issues that everybody else's, is in environmental pressures, how's that going to affect the logistics sector? Are we going to see more multimodal logistics in, in areas that are not... Um, we don't have logistics at the moment? Well, one of the points that came up was the rise of electric vehicles. I think there's generally um, an acceptance, and this was led in the report by David Sleeth, the Seagrove chief executive, that you know something has to give. You 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 can have um, vans delivering to, to people's homes and buzzing around, but um, you know David believes that there's going to need to be more electric vehicles in in urban locations, just because of the pressure on air quality, um, and lots of Seagrove customers are trialling those. Um, you know, I, th- I think that that in all the sort of future gazing was what people picked out as the, the biggest point at all. Things like drones, um, autonomous vehicles are a bit further away. The big change I think people think uh, we're going to see soon is, is more electric type vans yeah. doing short hop deliveries in, in urban locations. So if you have those, the rise of electric vehicles, you're going to have to have logistics nearer to the end customer because your electric vehicle hasn't got the same range. So are we going to have space constraints in urban areas, urban logistics facing that pressure? Yeah, look, it's undoubtedly a big issue. Just just in London, in the last few years, you've seen Nine Elms, uh, you've seen Stratford, you've seen White City. Those were all industrial locations yeah. none of us ever used to go to. Now we're doing nice things like going shopping at them uh, or buying luxury flats. They're now, um, they're, when they were rezoned, people thought industrial was just going to die out. Now there's going to be real pressure on, on, on uh, the Greater London Authority in particular to um, allocate more land to urban logistics. And I think that, that point is being understood now. Let's hope it's not too little too late. We might also see some repurposing of land as well and different land uses. So, for instance, in terms of offices within the city, I don't think we need as much car parking now. So you might see basement car parks being used for urban logistics. Something I'd also really like to see is logistics embracing the sharing economy. We've had WeWorks revolutionise the way that we occupy our offices. You know, we could see logistics operators sharing their space in a sort of Airbnb for sheds. So we've got some, there's there's space out there for a disruptor into the logistics sector is what you're saying. And do you think we will start to see sort of the Asian model of logistic warehouses going up um, and being multi-storey as opposed to sort of the moment we're Mm. broadly... um, Yeah, absolutely. In our survey, we surveyed both real estate professionals but also retailers and almost all of them in both sort of subsectors expected demand for taller warehouses to increase. And do you think you, you talked about utilising basements of office blocks, do you think we'll see logistics going down yeah. as well? I uh, saw in the US, in, a, you, in your report you referenced Kansas City, which obviously in America they're not short on space, but 10% of logistics space is underground in Kansas City, yeah. which is phenomenal, I found. And in Asia as well, where there, there is more constraint on space, they've already started to go underground. So we've just talked about space as, as being a constraint on the logistics sector, and we've got to think creatively to get around that. What about other um, 
barriers um, for this industry. We've talked about the fact there's the space to grow. We, the the e-commerce penetration still has a way to go. Um, I was interested in your report that you know, were talking about getting the goods to the, the end customer, but there's about 45,000 driver vacancies still to be f fulfilled. Do we see a, a staffing issue? I've got to mention Brexit. Is that going to change that? Um, back, Giles, what do you think? Yeah, so it's a really, really good point. And again, perhaps that will speed up the need for or, autonomous vehicles. Um, you know, it's chicken and egg, isn't it? Lots of people are probably not applying for driving jobs because they've been told they won't um, they won't exist in a few years' time. But actually, there is a is a is a great demand for it. Um, I think Brexit is um, uh, perhaps a worry to this sector if there was to be the the hardest or no deal Brexit, because um, no matter what the developers say, um, if if trade begins to slow down or goods don't flow. Uh, across the UK border, that that could cause them problems. Um, you know, it, it probably wouldn't hit them in the short term, but um, but um, in the in the long term, it could you know lessen demand for for some of these warehouses. And it's not just goods that will be the potential issue; it's also the movement of people as well, because the warehouse sector actually employs the second highest number of people from outside the UK and from the rest of. Europe only second to the food and drinks wow. industry, so we could have a real problem depending on what sort of Brexit we end up with. So, um, do you think then there's a role for technology to fulfil some of those things? We, we talked about drones, and, and actually the report's quite clear, and the people you interviewed interviewed that we're not going to be seeing the skies full of drones making deliveries to the end customer. But what about in the warehouses? How's technology going to be used to sort of do jobs that perhaps humans were doing um, two or three years ago? Well, already, already, it's not obvious to, 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 to most of us, but within an Amazon warehouse, there is an incredible level of robotics. You know, you have these little little machines whizzing around on the upper floors or the mezzanines of warehouses going to pick out goods. Um, again, it goes back to this point that these are really advanced buildings yeah. that have to have um, quite serious levels of power available to them as well. Um, Seagrove's East Midlands Gateway up, up near Leicester uh, has got uh, you know, ten times the power um, that was needed some years ago at these wow. type of builders just because you got the, the robots within them there's flying a, around. Yeah, there's a really great YouTube video of an Alibaba warehouse in China and they've introduced a driverless transport system and they've actually reduced their labour costs by 70%, wow. yet they've tripled their output. That's incredible. Yeah. So there's a, there's a lot more technology then to uh, come up because Ocado um, obviously is, is cited as one of the, um, uh, some, one company that's invested heavily in technology and that it can fulfill a 50 item grocery order in under five minutes. I mean, that's just incredible now and it's only going to get faster. I think time is very important both in terms of the supply chain and making that move quickly, but also the delivery time to the end user. I think same-day delivery is now just completely normal, but we expect all the retailers and the real estate developers that we surveyed actually expect delivery within an hour to be normal within the next two years. Wow, that's yeah. just... Yeah. I mean, we all want it now. Yeah. <laughs> we, even, we, we had quite a, a fair amount of people um, among the retailers, 23% um, believe that by 2020 people would be expecting orders within um, 
within 30 minutes. So that's a quarter, almost a quarter of people, uh, of retailers are expecting to get stuff to people in, in, in half an hour, which is just amazing, isn't it? And that, that really will lead to, um, as Claire says, repurposing of buildings in the West End, office mm. buildings in the West End, maybe, of London, um, might need to have floors and floors of, of, of space given over to what might be called a warehouse. Wow. And that's quite interesting, actually, in terms of the retailers recognising how demand for faster delivery is increasing. Yet when we surveyed whether they thought demand for urban logistics would increase, 86% of the real estate professionals thought that it would, but only 55% of retailers did. Yet it's urban logistics yeah. that allows for that fast mm. and efficient last mile of delivery. I, I, think, I think the other interesting point on that is those deliveries within within half an hour that I think in most cases is absolutely nothing to do with with vans or vehicles mm. that that has to be in fact one of the people we polled said that she um, or we interviewed said that she had um, some toothpaste delivered to her in less than an hour um, from Amazon I think um, she was flying off to a business trip and needed it quickly and couldn't leave her desk that was basically brought to her by hand so I think yeah. this is people either on bikes or literally running around bringing yeah. stuff to people which is uh, is interesting isn't it so it doesn't necessarily mean more vans it can just be people fetching and carrying that's just incredible the way that to imagine that change and you know yeah. getting it to your desk so quickly um, moving slightly, uh, looking at technology in a different sense, what about blockchain? Um, everybody's talking about blockchain, how that's going to revolutionise any sector that you're working in. What do you think the impact of blockchain is going to be on the logistics sector? Claire? I think it's going to make a difference in the supply chain. Mm -hmm. One of the big issues that retailers have is when we order things online, then we send lots of them back and that's really expensive and it slows down the whole process. So I think blockchain can certainly have an impact there and 67% of our respondents did think that that was a technology that would change this sector. Great. Um, so just to conclude, um, it'd be really fascinating to hear from you what you think is the most exciting thing on the horizon for the logistics sector. Um, Giles, if I can start with you in the next few years. I think I think it's just the increased growth. I mean, there is generally a feeling in Britain that it will get to thirty percent of um, of, of of shopping in the UK. Um, some people say fifty percent. I really, really don't believe that. I think that the town centre will reinvent itself. You know, it's by common consensus overshopped. Um, this can lead to a, a kind of re rejuvenation and a reinvention of town centres. Um, but as Claire said earlier on, I think there's I think there's space to grow here. Um, you know, there's going to be more and more demand, and those companies that are at front and centre and in the lead on this, I think they've got uh, still got a bright few years ahead. And I think Claire? absolutely, as we enter what's now called the fourth industrial revolution, <laughs> it's just going to see how this sector can react to the technology. You know, it's benefited from e-commerce, yep. so now it needs to embrace technology within its own business just to retain ahead of the game. Great. Well, Claire and Giles, thank you so much for joining us today to talk about um, Box Clever. It's a fascinating, fascinating insight into the sector. And if um, any of the listeners want to know more or obtain a copy of our report, it's available on our CMS Law website. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thank you.